Warning, incoming game. Warning, incoming game. Welcome to Incoming Game, the podcast where we normally watch and normally rewatch reboot, but <laughs> we have been coerced into watching not one, but two episodes of the 90s animated series, The Vision of Escaflone. All right. So first off, I thought it was just called Escaflone, and I learned that it's actually called The Vision of Escaflone. Yes, which makes sense. She has a lot of visions in it. She does. In the in the two episodes that we watch, there are quite a number of visions. Uh, so the series is 26 episodes, which seems kind of short for an anime, but I guess there are some pretty good short animes out there. I'm kind of thinking of stuff like Naruto and Inuyasha and stuff where, you know, they'll go on for hundreds of episodes if you let them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so 26 episodes, pretty short. And then there's a movie just called Escafloni that comes after that. Um, and neither Ben nor I have ever seen this before. Let's get into why we're doing this, too. Uh, our Patreon backer, Cameron O'Hara, had backed at a level that allowed him to recommend an episode of another series for us to watch, which is one of the rewards. And uh, he suggested the first episode, but what he, he really felt that the first episode didn't give us the full feel, I guess, of what the series would be like. So he really wanted us to see the first two. Yes, and I was pretty easy to capitulate. I enjoyed the first episode and uh, was fine to watch the second and thought, yes, I can see why you'd want us to watch two episodes ben on the other hand <laughs> might have needed a little arm twisting we don't want to spoil that <laughs> <laughs> so my notes for this one just consist of the words i hate this i hate this i hate this over and over again uh, <laughs> uh but yeah let's get into it we can start with the opening which Gosh, I love anime openings. They're so great. I'm already concerned. <laughs> it's it's mostly various girls looking sad with occasional sword fighting transformers. And we get lyrics like, I love you, I love you, I call out to you with my tears. Yeah, it's an anime opening. Jesus, Ben. <sighs> <laughs> it's like every anime opening for every anime I've ever watched. So it starts off with a girl reading tarot cards and worshipping Satan before a track meet. <laughs> We get the uh, narrative here where it was just a normal day and I'm just a normal girl, which I know is the opening to a lot of animes, which got me thinking, is this the first? <laughs> I mean, this is an older anime and it's immediately obvious by the style. Like the style of anime has changed over the years and the way that they're drawn is such a like early 90s Mm -hmm. style of anime yeah but tv tropes did not help me find that particular trope of i'm a normal girl it's a normal day so <laughs> i just you know you use tarot cards and do readings that's what everyone does right <laughs> yeah no that was that was what got me i was like she's like super into tarot and like everybody's like wants her to do readings for them which yeah it's, and apparently they're good readings like you know accurate i should say so yeah, yeah that's not normal that's that's weird no one else does that <laughs> So we meet Bossy Best Friend and Crush. <laughs> I did not yet bother to learn their names. Uh, I apologize. So they are just Best Friend and Crush. Oh, I got their names. Oh, you got their names. So the Crush's name is Manamana. <laughs> and I don't remember. I think it's like Yuroki or something for the friend. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have closed captions on. 
So, uh, yeah, so she's late, but she's still just in time to try and see if her crush's dick pops out of his shorts. <laughs> but her friend is eager to get her undressed and out on the field anyway. Uh, we learn as she's being pantsed that our heroine's name is Hitomi. She does a little prayer and then gets ready to run. And uh, we get that oh-so-necessary crotch shot. And they're <laughs> off. Well, first she hides a pendant in her shirt. She does. That's kind of like part of her prayer. Like she's yeah, know, praying, yeah. praying with the pendant and then hides it away. She's in the lead uh, when a Final Fantasy character appears in front of her about to trip her with his giant sword. The real problem is that the medieval monks show up and start chanting the name of the show really loudly. <laughs> <laughs> so she starts to get a vision of some scary mechas and an angry prince and then she sees herself being saved by a naked angel uh which causes her to wake up in what i assume is the nurse's office which japanese nurse's offices are, are way nicer than american school nurse offices oh my god yeah so like, did she just faint due to heat stroke or something is that what happened she fainted due to crazy vision of princes and dragons and monks <laughs> no but what's the real reason <laughs> she's just not hydrated enough right <laughs> so Manamana is watching her sleep and tells her that her form is perfect <laughs> oh yeah your form is perfect to me i've been looking at it all afternoon <laughs> it's not at all creepy that i've been sitting here watching you sleep <laughs> he tells her how easy it is for him to finish in 13 seconds <laughs> And then gets caught looking at her breasts, or rather the pendant between them. She shows off her obviously magic pendant, and we get a very unnecessary scene of people counting. Oh my god, they, <laughs> this, <laughs> they're counting every second, and they get up to 17 before they stop. And like, she's ready to have this be the rest of the episode, just counting seconds. Yeah. Which is ironically also what I'm doing, is counting the seconds. <laughs> but uh, he reveals that he can't count past 17, so they have to stop. <laughs> I was just like, oh, they're they're still go they're they're still go they're okay they're still they're still counting now. We've got twenty five minutes to fill. <laughs> so he leans over the bed to tell her something, but is interrupted with the friend from the beginning walking in on them, and she reacts in horror. She's like, Hitomi, you can't be with him. He doesn't know how to count past seventeen. <laughs> And she seems jealous, but I'm not sure why. Like, it's not established that she liked him too or anything. No, this took me a minute because I had a, on my second watch, I noticed it. So there's the original reaction of like, oh, I've caught you in a lecherous situation. And then we cut to her not talking to her, like the best friend's not talking to Hitomi. Yeah. And I thought it was because she was caught in this situation. And that's when I realized in the second watch that she says, I didn't mean to faint. So she's not mad at her for hooking up with her crush she's mad for fainting and ruining the race because i guess she's legit her manager like i thought she was kind of joking at first which is like i'm your manager i'm the one that gets in trouble for this oh okay yeah and i was like haha you're a high schooler that's not real <laughs> don't be concerned for your well-being or anything but it's nothing that can't be solved by blackmail and binge eating though <laughs> yeah there's this food you can get me and this food you can get me and like best friend i feel you i yeah. do her friend let slip that Manamana is moving out of the country, so if she's going to shoot her shot, she better do it now. And Hitomi goes home and does a tarot reading to confirm what her friend has said, because 
I guess that's what you do. You don't listen to the person that has heard the news or go talk to the person that's supposed to be leaving. You just do the tarot reading and say like, oh, now I get it. And Satan laughs. You know? <laughs> so yeah, so she runs out to meet Menomina out on the track before he leaves and tells her to time her. If she can beat 13 seconds, which is his personal best, she wants him to give her her first kiss. Seems weird. Yeah, he thinks about it. He's like, well, I'm never going to see her again, so I guess so. <laughs> It's like, you probably could have just said, hey, can I kiss you? Like, I don't know if you had to throw in the whole... The running. The running <laughs> thing. <laughs> By the way, before I do that, I also want to prove myself as a runner. It's important. I mean, it's important to him, obviously. <laughs> if he was to kiss, you know, someone who fainted on the track and couldn't beat 13 seconds, it would bring shame upon his family. That's so. true. <laughs> also, I don't want to use watch. I want you to use my pendant. <laughs> And uh, it also turns out that her best friend is there as well, complete with floodlights to make this moment super awkward for everyone. She likes to watch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So she gets herself into position and as she starts running, a bunch of lightning appears and so does our Final Fantasy character from before. And this time she actually does bump into him and falls to the ground. He kind of like pushes her away uh, since she's unable to stop and then like yells at everyone thinking that they're demons. Yeah. They ask, like, who this guy is. He replies that his name is Paraphernalia. And, oh, by the way, also a dragon is coming. So so they don't really get into this. But can they not understand what he's saying? Yeah, like, it sounds like only Hitomi can understand him. Yeah, but I didn't know if they were saying that because he was literally speaking a different language or because he was just like, land dragons. And they were like, what? Here's a question for you. Were you watching the dubbed or the subtitled version? I was actually watching the dubbed because it's easier to write notes <laughs> when someone's that was talking. My, yeah, because I wanted to pay attention to what was going on. and like, So I don't know if maybe it was like a, a translation error or something. It's possible. I didn't take a look at the subs. Normally, I'm a much bigger subs fan with some very few exceptions, but it's just so much easier to watch it dubbed in this situation. Yeah, and if I was like legit watching it to, you know, not do a podcast about it, I might have gone subtitles. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, a dragon appears through a portal that you can see some kind of forest behind him. So he was in a forest, portal opens, now he's on a track meet. Hitomi at this point gets all sick, like she's going to throw up. Yeah. And I'm assuming that will be important in later episodes. Well, it's because Paraphernalia calls out for it to swallow him to fulfill his vor fetish. (laughs) Uh, The prince tries to lure the dragon towards him and uses a fun expandable shield to prevent being burned. I mean, I don't know if the shield would actually work. It's only like a foot and a half in diameter. (laughs) But... (laughs) This is some, like, Captain America thing where he, like, turtles behind the shield. Yeah. (laughs) But he does manage to shoot the dragon in the eye. He then tells the others to run away, and they do, but apparently nobody can run ten steps without tripping in this show. (laughs) Best friend twists her ankle, and the crush has to carry her away. Yeah, so the dragon's chasing after the group, but uh, Paraphernalia manages to distract it. However, his sword is ineffective against the scales, and Hitomi has a vision of the dragon killing Paraphernalia, so she shouts, and he moves just in time, allowing him to kill it with the sword that he said was ineffective. Oh, it's a weak spot. It's a very specific area. Didn't you watch Lord of the Rings? 
<laughs> yeah, he gets him in like the soft part of the belly, the chest. <laughs> this causes him to dissolve in front of him, which actually happens to dragons in this one series that I read. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, he disintegrates Thanos style. But first, uh, dude cuts a pink orb from inside the dragon's chest. Oh, I said that was his heart. Is it not his heart? Yeah, it was kind of the same function, but it was kind of like a weird orb. Look, dragon anatomy is different than human anatomy. Their hearts are orbs. <laughs> Hitomi approaches him and he's like, God, typical female, always wanting to be appreciated. Ugh, fine, I'll take you back to my realm if it'll get you off my back. Which, she slaps him in the face here, and normally I'm not a big fan of that because it's usually done as like, a oh, lady slapped someone, like, isn't that so ineffective and humorous? But like, he really deserved it, <laughs> so... He's like the Enzo Matrix of this show. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. Wait till we get to episode two. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, the orb glows and the two of them float away into the sky in a beam of light. The crush tries to save her from the beam of light, but instead just manages to pass off the MacGuffin. Yeah. <laughs> they land in a wooded field and Hitomi notices that she can see what looks like the earth up in the sky, along with the moon. So... Where does that put them? Apparently, it puts them on Gaia. He doesn't really have time to answer, though. They're surrounded by a group of animals with glowing eyes, and we cut to credits. And that's it, right? Sorry, Ben. What? There's another episode. We have to watch another <laughs> one? God damn it! <laughs> we get a brief previously on with the same montage from episode one of tarot cards and girls praying and stuff. <laughs> But we're right back where we left off, surrounded by evil cat people, except they're not evil. Psych! Yeah, the uh, paraphernalia and one of the creatures appears to recognize each other. Meanwhile, Manamana and Yuruki are talking about how well Hitomi's mom took the whole abduction thing. It's a level of parental disinterest that approaches Barb from Stranger Things. Yeah, it's real bad. She's like, oh, floated into the sky with a dragon boy? Oh, well, I'll set out her plate for supper. No big deal. <laughs> I mean, I think we're setting up here some kind of familial knowledge because her pendant was her grandmother's and the mom looks out at the moon and, you know, I'm pretty sure she's just like, oh yeah, it's that time in every girl's life where she gets sucked up to another planet. <laughs> she just went to Gaia. It's fine. No worries. That's fine. No problem. But yeah, that was my first reaction was just like, wow, Tommy's mom is like, amazingly cool with this for no reason <laughs> <laughs> she like takes it at face value too which is like so floated away okay hmm. <laughs> but back in gaia the beast is laying down some exposition and i swear i thought it was h john benjamin at first like his voice sounded just like archer <laughs> <laughs> did you look up his voice actor it did not it only was like for the first couple like words <laughs> oh, okay and then after that you're like never mind yeah but apparently these folk have legends of traveling to the mystic moon, which causes Hitomi to have a minor freak out. Yeah, she gets a vision of people being slaughtered and then comes back and she's like, no, nah, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, girl, if you see something, say something. <laughs> <laughs> so they approach the town where a crowd cheers that the prince has finally returned and he's tackled and licked in the face by a cat girl. And I think this is where I might have fully checked out. <laughs> One of the things I kind of enjoy about this is that because this is an older anime, a lot of these are before they were tropes. So you're saying this is like the Ur example of the <laughs> cat girl? <laughs> yeah. It's hard for us because we've already gone through all the tropes. So at this point, we're just like, cat girl. Come on. Mecca. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so he, uh, he lifts the orb into the air, announces that he has successfully slain the dragon, and the nearby generals are just immediately like, yeah, looks legit, that checks out, yep, sounds yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> These were the guys who, just like five minutes ago, by the way, were just like, that prince, he's probably a dick, probably ran away. <laughs> it's probably no good, never coming back. <laughs> yeah. But then Tony Stark arrives in his Iron Man suit. <laughs> for, like, no reason. <laughs> Yeah, we just get, like, the tiniest, like, three-second introduction to, like, by the way, these samurais use mechas. Just FYI. And then cut to Hitomi, who's changing into her schoolgirl outfit. I personally was wondering kind of why, because I thought that these shorts would be comfier. Did she bring that change of clothes with her? Well, yeah, because she came... She was running on the track and she got floated away. She didn't have a change of clothes. She had the duffel bag with her when she went to the track. I don't know if I remember the duffel bag when she was running, though. I'll have to go back and look. Plot hole. Mm. But it's it's a pretty nice plot duffel bag to have because Cackerel immediately appears, scolds her for daring to look at the prince, and then roots through all her stuff and we get to see she's brought like everything with her, including shampoo and band-aids and bras and <laughs> so <laughs> she's pretty well packed. <laughs> Yeah, she starts rummaging through all the stuff and snatches her pendant. Hitomi chases her down the hall, but is distracted when she spots Prince Paraphernalia taking sword fighting lessons. And at this point, we meet the guy that I've dubbed Matrix. (laughs) 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 We met him earlier, but he's a one-eyed samurai who tells the prince to be more aggressive. Be aggressive. (laughs) Uh, So I'm just like, well, yeah, we're... (laughs) He's Matrix now. Let's all first do it. Well, they spot her, and they promise to try and get her back home to the Mystic Moon. And meanwhile, our beastie friend is riding along, and we see an ominous ripple appear in the sky, accompanied by a metallic arm of some sort. And he smells that something's off, but I guess someone just farted. Whatever. <laughs> so the coronation is starting, and the cat girl is relegated to the commoner crowd. <laughs> Uh, where the prince is getting a fancy sword to go with his fancy new armor. And that's when the ripples start attacking. These invisible sentinels are wreaking havoc and causing mayhem. The hubbub starts to reach the coronation, and Matrix tells the prince to run off with Hitomi and the yet-unmet Escaflone. Oh, I thought he said to take some extra flones. <laughs> There's a lot of allergens out there. You don't know what you might run into. <laughs> But now it's a mech suit fight against the invisible sentinels. Iron Man gets slaughtered and the other mechs fall down as well. Paraphernalia cuts his finger and lets the blood seep into the orb as he calls out to Escaflone. And more lightning surrounds him as a chrysalis in the ceiling cracks and bursts open. And a new mech suit is revealed. So he uses the dragon heart to power up Escaflone, which is this giant mecha suit, which is pretty much like the other mecha suits. I'm sure it's very special. <laughs> Do you notice one of the suit's boobs is a giant gemerald? <laughs> <laughs> what exactly is a gemerald? It's like a gem emerald. You know, <laughs> it's a gemerald. Oh, okay. He puts the orb inside it and it begins to pulse as a heartbeat. And then he jumps inside, draws an enormous sword from its back as one of the sentinels starts attacking. Hitomi's trying to help him out the fight. And this is where Matrix appears and tells him once again to get out of there with Escaflone and the girl. Because he didn't <laughs> listen the first time. Yeah, he's, uh, so he starts stabbing and holding back the sentinels on his own with just his sword. He doesn't even use a mech suit. It's a giant sword, by the way. Speaking of anime tropes. At this point, the prince is like... All right, fine. (laughs) Goes to leave. (laughs) He's just like, yeah, okay. He grabs Hitomi here, and the whole time I'm just like, he's going to squish her. He's going to squish her. Like, he's just going to crush her to death. This will be a short show. (laughs) Imagine if it was only two episodes. (laughs) This is it. (laughs) 
But that's why you told us to watch two episodes because it's yeah, the right? entire series. So Balgus gets hit by, uh, or Matrix, sorry, Matrix gets hit by one fatal shot from the Sentinel, and with his dying breath, again, one more time, tells the prince to take the extra flonase and get out of here. <laughs> and finally, they leave. Hitomi screams, her pendant glows, and a giant beam of light surrounds them. The end. The end. Oh, boy. So, Jessica. Ben. What did you think of this episode? Well, <laughs> just these, these two episodes. I thought it was pretty fun. I'm actually excited to watch more of this. I mean, it's trope-filled, but again, I feel like a lot of these tropes were before they were tropes. And compared to some of the anime that I've watched recently, which... With the exception of this one weird one where you're in a, someone's body and everyone is like blood cells and stuff. <laughs> like, I, I haven't really like gotten into an anime in a while. But I this was pretty enjoyable. Uh, and Escaflone was always one that I'd heard and just never bothered to watch before. Yeah, and I enjoyed the first two episodes. I thought they were pretty solid. Hmm. Interesting. But Ben, what did you think? Oh, I'm furious that I had to sit through this. <laughs> Not only that, but I had to watch them twice so I could take my notes. <laughs> so, like, I warned Cameron ahead of time that this didn't seem like my jam, and boy, was I right. <laughs> like, at no point did I care about any of the characters, and, and half the time I struggled to even understand what was going on. It was just like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> Especially, like, the first half of the first episode, which, like, I talked to Cameron later, he's like, yeah, no, that's full of cringe. <laughs> That's so funny to me because I feel like this is such like a normal, like a very normal anime episode, like just like run of the mill anime. <laughs> so it's funny to me that you hated it so much. No, it was a visceral reaction <laughs> for me. <laughs> and I don't hate all anime. Like we'll get into this. I've seen and enjoyed some other ones, but they're very different to this. I kind of enjoy the idea of it being like fantasy mech. Like, most of the time when it's a mech series, you've got, you know, space or future or stuff like that. So I am kind of interested in the idea that it's kind of this fantasy world with, you know, beast animals and magic and, you know, samurai. But there's also mechs. I think that's an interesting switch on it. (laughs) Um, And so just to get an idea of, like, where we might be coming from on our different opinions, I thought we'd talk a little bit about the kind of animes we've watched and enjoyed previously. So, Ben, you said you do watch anime. Not regularly. Occasionally. But, like, yeah, once in a while. So I've seen Cowboy Bebop, Fooly Cooly, and the movies Akira and Ghost in the Shell. I would say, of those, Cowboy Bebop I remember enjoying a lot, and Akira is great. Ghost in the Shell's alright, and it's been so long since I've seen Fooly Cooly that I don't actually remember what I thought about it. But it was weird and kind of interesting, <laughs> So and it was only, like, six episodes, so, you know. I think it was fine. <laughs> Fully Cooly was very weird, which is why I don't think I made it through the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> now I watched the whole thing, definitely. I, I enjoyed it enough that I kept with it. That's for sure. It wasn't as much of a linear narrative as I would normally go for, so I had trouble with that. But there's a lot of other animes that I've watched. Uh, so you mentioned Cowboy Bebop, which is probably number one yeah. in a lot of people's lists and number one in my list of best anime shows ever. So I just stick to the, the best. <laughs> Yeah, just stick to the best. Uh, is that it? That's so Akira and Cowboy Bebop, you know, that's about it. But my other probably like top favorite anime TV series is going to be Full Metal Alchemist for sure. The original and Brotherhood. Uh, the original was fantastic because it was the first one I watched. And then I read the manga and got mad at the original because they didn't follow the manga halfway through. 
So then Brotherhood came out and that became the best because it followed the manga. The manga is amazing. <laughs> and Himura Awakawa, who did the manga, is a brilliant artist and writer. But anyways, stuff like Fruits Basket and Inuyasha and Rama One Half, another original like oldie anime. I've always like those are really fun ones. I've watched a ton of them. I cosplayed Sango from Inuyasha at one point. I had a Sanga in like college. What? It was an X A N G A Sanga. No Sango. <laughs> what? I don't even know what you're joking about. To it's get like the a joke. blog live live journal blog website thing. Oh God. <laughs> Called Zanga. <laughs> don't worry about it. Sorry. Go continue. <laughs> I'm not usually a big mech fan. Movie-wise, though, I enjoy, obviously, anything uh, the Studio Ghibli. Like, all that's amazing. Probably, specifically, uh, Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, and Kiki's Delivery Service are probably my top three. You know what's funny? I don't think I've ever finished one of those. You've never finished a Studio Ghibli movie? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, Ben. (laughs) Go do that. (laughs) What the heck? I think they've only ever been on in the background, like when I was half watching it at a friend's house and I didn't like pay attention to all of it. You should watch Spirited Away. It's probably weird enough for you. Her parents could turn into pigs. It's fun. <laughs> I've seen some interesting pictures of like raccoons with giant balls. What's the one? There the- is one that's all about the tanuki, which are like raccoons and they have giant balls and they use them to turn into things and <laughs> use them to fly and stuff. It's hilarious. And then probably my outside of Ghibli, my absolute favorite anime movie is Summer Wars. Okay. It's really, really good. It's like, I was just talking about this with my husband. One of the very few animes that talk about like the family unit, because usually it's like the hero that goes off, you know, with the girlfriend and the friends or whatever, like not like the family. This is like a girl with this huge extended family and it feels like, a real extended family because I've got a lot of family members and it feels like going to that kind of event. (laughs) (laughs) And then also um, there's a virus in the internet that's trying to wipe out all life on earth. So (laughs) (laughs) that one's really fun. I definitely recommend that one. You might like that one actually too, because it's also like straightforward and weird at the same time. So there is a movie that came out recently. I don't even know if you would call it anime, uh, but it's called mind game. I think Luke showed me the trailer to that recently. And it just looks like it's all kinds of crazy experimental styles of animation all like mashed together. And it just looks insane. And I'm really looking forward to watching that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few like experimental ones that I've enjoyed. Um, I forget the creator's name, which is bad on me. But the guy who did Millennium Actress and Paprika and Perfect Blue, um, mm-hmm. who actually he passed away not long ago. But those are amazing. Like especially Millennium Actress. This some gorgeous messed up stuff and also what's that movie stupid movie with the dream inception inception owes paprika money for stealing all of its shit i've seen some of the shots like the uh, comparison shots i haven't watched paprika though paprika you should definitely check out paprika paprika are you having trouble with the word paprika (laughs) i was calling it paprika paprika poppycock uh so let's get into hentai I really prefer the technical stuff. I'll be <laughs> so is there anything else we wanted to get into or are we done? Uh, in the course of watching this episode, uh, Ben, did you find yourself a frosty escaflone moment? I did. And it has to go to Hitomi's mom. who just She just like <laughs> accepts this wild story as fact and is pretty chill about it. And I was like, that is cool. That's my favorite part. <laughs> 
that is pretty good. I picked a really random moment, which was when the prince appears on this racing track. The whole time the crush has just been normal anime crush. Like the voice actor is just doing, I got to do anime guy. Here's my anime guy. And he's trying to calm down the prince. And he's like, hey, easy man. But he doesn't say it. Hey, easy man. He's like, hey, easy man. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa. He was like, hi, for that one line. <laughs> I don't know why it jumped out at me. Uh... <laughs> so yeah, that's my frosty moment. So are you going to continue watching the series then? Yeah, I think I will actually. You're not, but I might. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious where this goes. Well, I hope this was worth it to Cameron. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully we didn't pull it apart too much for you. Uh, <laughs> I hope we did. I, I hope it's forever tainted. <laughs> he won't ever stop uh, calling them Manamana and like thinking about his dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of this special episode. Uh, it looks like we may be getting another special episode pretty shortly in the future. Yeah. Would you want to tease it? Do we? Yeah, let's tease it. All right. We're going to be watching one of my absolute favorite TV shows of all time, bar none. Ben has never seen this because he doesn't watch good things. <laughs> That's not true. I just don't watch everything. <laughs> but we're going to be watching an episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. It's coming in the future. All right. Yeah. Stay tuned. So, uh, yeah, let me just uh, pull out these tarot cards I've got here. We're going to do a reading for you. Stay frosty. Stay frosty. (laughs) Game over. User wins.